Hello, listeners. It's Susan. So I wanted to let those of you who are colleagues or who are out there working to build a business know that I recently launched a new podcast. It's called the Make Money Mediating Podcast. And although it says make money mediating, it's really intended to help you build the successful business of your dreams, whatever it is that you are in business to do. In this new podcast, I share not only my own personal tips from growing and building several new businesses over the years, but also I bring on some of the top experts in all related fields who are going to share their wisdom to help you build that dream business and to achieve success however you define it. Be sure to tune in and listen and let me know what you think. You can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, and more. Or you can just go to the website at makemoneymediating.podbean.com. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. It works to live apart if you all the rest is okay. But then if you choose to live apart because you you cannot actually do the step, make the step to separate, divorce, or break up, but also you cannot live together with this person. That's going to work, but only for a, for a short time. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process. So listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we're joined by one of our favorites, Vasya Serantupulu. And so if you heard me pause there, folks, it's because I finally got the pronunciation right, Serantupulu. Um, and Vasya has been with us before. You all remember, she's actually had two wonderful episodes with us that you all I know really enjoyed because there was a great deal of uh, input from you all and outreach, especially around the episode on loneliness that really resonated with you all. And that makes sense because Vasya is the founder, CEO, and head psychologist of Anti-Loneliness, which is a company and a platform online, antiloneliness.com, that has a team of psychologists and they offer individual couples and group sessions for those who are struggling with anxiety, depression, trauma, loneliness, grief, burnout, um, and relationship issues. She also has um, a lot of wonderful programs in her academy, which you can also find on the website. But today, we're going in a little bit different direction. It's a topic that Vasya suggested to me, and it it fit right in. So what you all listeners don't know is I keep sort of a file of interesting little tidbits I see in the news that I think might be interesting to build out into an episode. And in my file, 
I have a few articles about what we've seen in the news about sleep divorces, where couples have decided to sleep in different rooms because of maybe medical reasons or someone's a kicker and someone's, you know, too hot, one's too cold. And then a couple of articles about couples who are in committed relationships but choose to live in separate residences. So we're going to dive into this idea of living in separate residences while you're in a relationship and maybe some of the pros and cons and maybe some of the you know, deeper reasons behind that and how to maybe keep it healthy if that's what works for you. So long intro, but I'm so excited to have you back, Vasya. Thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you so much for the invitation. You are one of the people that love talking about the same things that I love talking. <laughs> and specifically about this topic, the living apart together, you were immediately on board to discuss about this. And I love having that conversation where we actually go deeper because I see many articles and, you know, forums and discussions on Facebook groups where everybody's saying this is wrong or this is right. So you see this polarized uh, response to that. But in this episode, what I would like to talk is not whether this is right or wrong, but exactly what he said, the deeper reasons why we tend to change the way we run relationships now. Right. Well, and I, I really like that fine tuning of what we're going to talk about because the whether it's right or wrong is really judgy. Yeah. Right. It's really like, who are we to say about anybody else's relationship what's right or wrong? But I, what I loved about this when you presented the topic to me was it is that deeper level of, okay, if you're in the relationship where you are together apart. Maybe there are some things to look at that could make this better, or maybe you need to be looking at some of the reasoning from a, a deeper level of what's happening here. And that to me is very valuable. And I want to say, if it works for you, I kind of rubber stamp it as long as you've gone through some of this deeper thought around it. I'll say, good for you. Exactly. As long as you know why you took that decision. <laughs> So let's start with, because I think there could be a broad range here of definition. What is it that you mean when you're talking about together apart or, or living apart? So um, we are talking about two people moving to a different place while keeping the relationship. And I say moving to a different place so that we can exclude the the definition or what some people might mean that when they are too early in their relationship and they're living apart. We're not talking about that. When you haven't moved right. together, we're talking about we have moved together, but then we decided that we're going to keep our places, you know, different and we're going to go back to different places. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about people who are too early or people who can't be together because they have a long-distance relationship. Someone is in, in the U.S. and somebody is in Europe, for example. So right. we're not talking about them. We're talking about those that they decided to, sleep, to split their time between a shared home and separate houses. Okay. And so I've seen this. I told you before we started taping, I still very distinctly remember a gentleman who came to meet with me um, as a divorce attorney, um, and he wasn't really wanting to talk about divorce. He he had questions. He was worried because his wife, they had two homes, and his wife 
preferred the weather and the climate in Florida, in their Florida home. And he had a job in Manhattan. And so he lived in their Connecticut home and commuted into the city. But she would fly up to see him. He would fly down to see her. And for a few months out of the year, when they both liked the weather in whatever place, they might live in the same house. But he was worried that there was something wrong with this, that they were doing something, one, that they weren't allowed to. And he wanted to know the legal repercussions. Like, are we legally separated? Are we, you know, what is this? Are we are we still in a relationship? Is our marriage status affected? And there may be legal, legal repercussions, right? I don't know what your tax status and certain things like that. But from a relationship standpoint, what I told him at the time was, hey, there's no law that says two people who are married or in a committed relationship have to live in the same house. But we see it, and I think I didn't think deeper than that. So here it was ostensibly for convenience or because they both had different preferences of where they enjoyed to live. But it also did result in their living separate and apart, wholly separate and apart lives in some ways, and then just really being together on weekends or at at different times, but not in a day-to-day companionship way. What effect does that have on a relationship? Positive and negative, right? Right. Because we said we're going to talk about the pros and cons. So uh, you have more autonomy, more independence. You can arrange your own schedule. You said before that there's some person that is uh, that likes their their house full of furniture and you know be very active, while the other person likes a more minimalistic, let's say, environment and decoration and you know a more quiet schedule. So people with different schedules can actually get along better when they are in different houses, in different homes. So different schedules, different personalities. Somebody's an introvert. Somebody's an extrovert. Somebody likes partying and inviting people over all the time. And somebody wants their own, you know, bubble. Quiet. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So arranging something like that because of different personalities and different schedules can actually work to the benefit of the relationship. Another idea that another reason that um, I've also heard from women specifically is that they see that when they live together with a man, they they have to bear the burden of traditional uh, house tour balance. So they have yes. to work. <laughs> So they prefer if they live at their own space and their partner is cleaning and cooking at their own place instead of cooking and cleaning for two in the same place, because that also affects in a negative way their relationship. So they prefer to preserve the relationship by just having different households. I have never thought of that as the benefit, but I can say even in my own relationship, I have a wonderful husband, but he has that mindset of you work at home. And I think there's an aspect of, that he won't say out loud of, and you're a woman or the woman, therefore laundry and kitchen stuff. And that that's your job. Yeah. And there that creates a, a conflict dynamic at times. So if he were in his own space, I could see that benefit of me keeping my place how I want it and not having to feel like I'm cleaning up after a fully grown 60-year-old man. Yeah, Yeah, indeed. And sometimes it's not only, you know, men being 
very traditional and thinking that this is a woman's job that she has to do. It can also happen because females and males, they have different brains. So you walk from the kitchen to your bedroom and you already see 20 different things to be done and tasks to be picked up. They walk from the kitchen to the bedroom and they don't see anything. I don't see anything. Everything is fine. <laughs> so this is... Just I don't know what you're talking about. What you're talking about. <laughs> Sometimes it's just brain, different brains. Uh, but then this is about the imbalance in the you know, house chores and the division of labor. I can see a benefit there, right? If that is a a dynamic in your relationship that is troubling is an ongoing issue. You know, you can either talk about it and both of you can try and, and make changes to make it work better for both of you, or you can live near each other. That, that uh, case of the woman who liked a lot of stuff in her apartment and the man who liked the more spare aesthetic, that was an article I'll link to it in the show notes. It, it was one of the show ideas I had, which is the on point to what we're talking about. And it's a couple in New York. I think it was an article in the New York Times. And she is, she loves stuff, clutter, having lots of things around her. She has a very eclectic aesthetic. Um, and it's literally like they showed pictures of her place, tons and tons of stuff. He has what he calls a Zen aesthetic, a very Japanese. And literally there's about one piece of furniture in each room of his house. There's a bed in the bedroom. There's a sofa in the living room. There's a table with one chair in the kitchen, right? He doesn't like any extra clutter, but they've been living separate and apart in the same building in New York for about 30 years and feel it's a very successful relationship. Now, if you can afford two apartments in Manhattan, clearly you have some financial wherewithal to do yeah. this. And that's another aspect yeah. here. Indeed, indeed, indeed. The, the financial aspect, I mean, that would be something to consider before you move that, uh, to move to a different place. And all these benefits that we just said, they do work if the relationships we're talking, the relationship we're talking about is a safe and healthy relationship. Right. They, these are practicalities that we're talking about that um, lead us to making that decision. But if there's another reason why we're taking that decision, then these practicalities are just an excuse. And, and to tell you an example, I remember like uh, some years ago, I had a couple and they came for couples counseling. They were clearly in distress because of what the relationship looked like back then. And they didn't like that relationship anymore. They wanted to change, to completely to change the balance in their relationship. So the woman suggested that in order for us to find our balance, I suggest that we move to different houses in order to find ourselves again and build the relationship from scratch. Fantastic idea. Great idea. However, uh, I, I was waiting for the shoe to drop, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, that showed up at the end as just a camouflaged breakup because the she didn't have any energy to work for the relationship. And instead of saying that we are done or I'm ready to step into the single world or uh, to, to face loneliness, instead of saying or doing that, it was easier for, for her to say, Let's take it gradually and slowly and let's pretend we're still together until I pluck up the courage for the next step. She proposed that and then her husband also was on board. Okay, let's try that because I don't want to lose you. But then the, the following week, she was, you know, very impatient. She was like, okay, find a home. Why are you not finding? Why is it taking you so long? 
Yeah. Of course, it's it's difficult to find a, a new place. So yeah. because of all this uh, anticipation and because she couldn't wait any, anymore, at, at last she came to me and she said, you know what, we're done. I don't want to work on the relationship, to be honest. So it works to live apart if you all the rest is okay. But then if you choose to live apart because you you cannot actually do the step, make the step to separate, divorce or break up, but also you cannot live together with this person, then that's that's gonna work, but only for a for a short time. You know, what I'm hearing honestly is that some people may be using this living apart as a breakup light situation where and 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 I there's honestly a level of dishonesty yeah. to that, right? you you are instead of being honest with your partner, uh, that the relationship is not working for you anymore. You're choosing an easy way out that I think will probably lead to an even more difficult separation down the road because now you've misled yeah. this person yeah. into thinking you're separating into separate homes. And we hear that in the context of divorce quite often um, as a trial separation. Yeah. Right? We have people who um, one spouse will say, let's live apart for a while and see if we both can get emotionally back on our feet and see if that brings us back together. But what you usually see is that when one that one of the parties in that is not thinking they're really going to come back together, but that this is that first step to getting apart. But I also find it sad because we compromise not only the relationship, but our own life as well. You know, like because yes. you compromise in a relationship that doesn't work for you, which means that you're staying there being somehow happy, but mainly unhappy, um, settling for good days or okay days without giving yourself the opportunity to close the chapter and find another partner where you can find real happiness, real balance, and the relationship that you want that you deserve, just because right. we're settling for this that kind of work. Well, and you're, you're stopping them from doing that as well. As well, yeah, I'm talking for both, absolutely. It is, I always say, you're, you're never going to find the person you do want to be with if you're still with the person you don't exactly. want to be with. And if you do, then you're going about ending relationship one the wrong way, right? Which we see all the time as well. The article that we had the discussion about the living apart together. Yes. There was a woman that she said, I chose to live apart from my partner because he was an alcoholic. So because I couldn't bear when he would drink too much and I wouldn't want to be around him because he was aggressive and because he was abusive, then I chose to live on my own place. Which is, again, what we just said, you know, we're compromising the relationship that we want to be in, even though it's clearly unsafe to be with this person. You have clearly said it that I don't feel safe with that person. That that, that particular situation is is a little heartbreaking because, yeah. well, they all are. I, I think it's very hard when people are in these situations, but that alcohol conundrum for people when so, when one of the partners has um, alcohol use disorder I, I i oh it always takes me to one of my friends who really loved her husband so 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 much and he just progressed down that hill of alcoholism alcohol use disorder and 
Um, it really got to that point where, you know, there was physical violence. There were all kinds of negative things happening. And when I, I sat her down and said, look, this is this is not a safe situation. We need to make some changes for you and for your daughter who's seeing this. You know, her response was, why can't he just be the person he is when he's sober all the time? That's all I want. And it and, and it still I mean, they've been divorced for years now and it still hasn't happened. So that's heartbreaking. Yeah. But she went through two years of him living separate before she could finally make the move to end that marriage. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult, definitely. Hey, listeners, I want to take a minute to share some exciting news with you. You all know my wonderful friend, Bella Gandhi, America's and Divorce and Beyond's favorite dating expert. You've seen her all the time on Good Morning America, Today Show, and all the morning talk shows. Well, two things I want to make sure that you know about. One, go check out her website, the Smart Dating Academy website. She has tons of resources, programs, and coaching all there to help you find, as Bella says, the lid to your pot. And you may not know it, but she has her own fabulous podcast with great guests and lots of wonderful insights and tips from Bella herself. So go to smartdatingacademy.com to find both all of those resources and the podcast, or you can find the Smart Dating Academy podcast on all major podcast outlets. Hey, listeners. Did you know that you can now listen to Divorce and Beyond on your favorite audiobook platform, Audible? If you're like me and you love your audiobooks along with your podcasts, this is a great time to check out Audible memberships. They have two levels, Audible Plus and Audible Premium Plus. You right now can get a free trial of Audible Plus. And if you decide to subscribe to Audible Premium Plus, you will also get up to two free audiobooks. So go to the links in the show notes to get these special offers and I'll see you over on Audible. Stay tuned for more from Vasya Serentopoulou as we explore the pros and cons of living apart and the vital need for healthy boundaries to protect our relationships. We need to learn how to have boundaries in the same house and respect the other person's boundaries and voice our own boundaries without that meaning that we are being judgy or strict or imposing or all these things, or being too rigid. If you are finding this episode helpful, be sure to listen to Vasya's other two episodes on Divorce and Beyond. Number 236, Loneliness and Divorce, Why Alone and Lonely Aren't the Same Thing, and episode 242 on Overcoming the Trap of Perfectionism. There'll be direct links to each of those episodes in the show notes. And now we return to today's show. You know, the thing I have always been concerned of, and of course, again, I'm a divorce attorney, so I see relationships where perhaps people lived apart and it didn't work. It didn't keep them together. It actually furthered them along on that separation. And I do wonder what it does to the intimacy of a relationship when people are really Like my couple, one who's in Florida and one who's in Connecticut, they were really living separate lives, 
you know, she had her friends and the people she went out with and she did what her work and everything she did in Florida. And he had a completely separate life of all the same things, but in Connecticut. And then they'd come together for like little vacation weekends. What can you do or what do you need to do and consider to keep the relationship healthy when it's faced with almost some struggles, I would think, yeah. posed by that? Yes. Um, the the lack of intimacy is exactly one of the, I think, uh, bigger cons of living together apart. Intimacy and connection is built when we are together for a long time, you know, through this nitty gritty and you come back from work and you're like, oh, you do, you cannot believe what my boss said to me today. Let me tell you, you know, yeah. all this stuff, the very mundane conversations that we're having and we're building the connection and the intimacy. Now, if imagine you want to it's Tuesday and you don't want to talk about your boss, but then you have to wait until Friday that you will see your partner. You've kind of forgotten or dismissed yourself already, or you talked about it to your friend, or maybe you called your partner, but then they were not available. And then you have to squeeze everything within five minutes. So it does um, impose a big burden on intimacy and uh, and the bonding and the, and the connection with the other partner. And Sometimes for people, for some people, it feels very lonely yeah? because you have to, you know, wait until Friday. Yeah, you have right. to stay there. You you don't feel connected with that person, or sometimes it even feels transactional, like when you need me, call me and I will come over. So it's based on the the need that I need you, right? Not because we are together. And and for some people, it can even create even more trust issues and, and more misunderstandings if, again, we don't have a healthy communication or relationship skills. So that's for sure something very uh, important to take in consideration if we want to have a deep and intimate and really connecting authentic relationship. So in order to try to understand how we can have more healthy and balanced relationships, uh, one thing that I would suggest is, first of all, let's have more discussions about boundaries and personal space. Usually people, when they don't know how to enforce boundaries in the same housing setting, right. they feel like, okay, it's only if you move to the next neighborhood <laughs> that we can have boundaries. Yeah. Otherwise, if I have you in the same- That's a real boundary. Yeah, that's a real boundary. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe in another city. Yes. So let's start working on how we can enforce boundaries because we think that if we are together, we have to do everything together. Like the old codependent relationships that our parents or previous generations, they used to have. We have to do everything together. When we are on the couch, we have to do the same activity. We have to watch the same movies. We have to do everything together, which is quite exhausting and quite suppressing. We need to learn how to have boundaries in the same house and respect the other person's boundaries and voice our own boundaries without that meaning that we are being judgy or strict or imposing or all these things or being too rigid. So that's a skill per se. So I, you know, what that sounds like to me is that you can live together apart in the same space 
with some healthy boundaries. Of course. And have your personal space and have your own days. You know, it's Tuesday today. I am staying in my room and I'm doing my beauty, you know, uh, whatever things. <laughs> or it's yeah. Wednesday. I'm going out with my friends today. So everything is okay. Or I want to watch a different movie. I don't need to watch the same thing you like. And it's okay. It doesn't need, need to mean anything for the relationship. But that's a process. That's something that we have to get used to. That's something that we have to abort all the previous um, cultural or family or relationship values that we inherited from our parents and grandparents and allow ourselves to dive into this new era of relationships where we don't have to, we don't have to to do things right. a specific way. We don't have to be 30 and already have a child and a, and a mortgage. We don't have to to do all this stuff. We can decide because, as you said before, there's no law that says how you right, right. there's no law about that. You can have it as, as as you like. Well, and the good, you know, the good part about that and what I think a lot of what I'm hearing you say as well is communication, yeah. right? As, as always in relationships, you have to be able to talk about these things because as, as you're saying, right, we come into our relationships with these preconceived notions that are imposed upon us by our prior family experience, cultural, societal norms, et cetera. And we feel that that's what we have to recreate in our own home environment, in our own relationship. But in a truly healthy functioning relationship, the two people can actually create that relationship to be whatever works for both of them. And that's, I think, a key, right? It has to be what works for both of them. And that requires communicating about it. Yeah. How else would the other person know? Eh? And, and and sometimes when we don't have this communication about boundaries and personal space, it doesn't mean that we don't want it, but we haven't even considered that there's another way. I remember talking to a client of mine many years ago, and I said to her that, you know, you can ask things from your par- partner. And she was like flabbergasted. She was like, what? I can ask things? Because she was coming from a culture where the women are supposed to give only and the yes. men are supposed to take. So that was a new reality for her. Like, what? Am I supposed to ask or to, to take things from? Yeah, of course. So sometimes all these ideas about boundaries and personal space are new and we just have to listen to podcasts like yours. <laughs> yes, and hear wonderful experts like you, right? <laughs> but, and that's so, you know, that is that communication. And one thing that I don't think many of us are well-trained in from birth is to be good communicators, to really sit down. You know, it's it's like the person who would prefer to separate into two separate households, then sit down and have the really hard conversation that needs to be had to end a relationship, right? That's, we're not given those tools and skills. So clearly healthy boundaries, good communication skills are two of the real needs for healthy relationships. Are there others? If it doesn't work, couples therapy is also there. If you don't know how to have these conversations, it's, that's an option. You don't go to couples therapy only when it's the relationship, it's at its last stage, you know, of, of surviving. You can go and, you know, ask your couples therapist, like, can you give us some skills in communication? Can you help us figure out our personal space in the relationship? Because we want to stay together, but at the same time, we don't want to step over each other's boundaries and each other's, you know, life. 
So can you help us in that? So maybe that will be a couple of sessions and then you have a long lasting relationship. Another thing that I would like to add is add quality and meaningful conversations in the relationship. Just being together on the sitting on the same couch for three hours in the evening doesn't mean that you are thriving. Communicating. Yeah. <laughs> You're not thriving there. So add more uh, quality conversations, quality time. When you decide to do something, let's do something that it's really fun for both of us or uh, we know why we're doing it. Start a hobby because they're living together without having any direction or quality or meaning in that. It can really easy bore you out. It can really easy make the relationship feel like I don't like anymore. I don't, I don't see why I'm with you. Well, and I can, I can absolutely see that. I really love that point about going to therapy and having a few sessions to help work through, hey, maybe you're listening to this podcast and thinking, yeah, you know what? I think my partner and I need some better boundaries around a few things in, in living together or living apart. And, you know, just that idea, it doesn't mean that your relationship is in, on its last legs to go to therapy. And in fact, the sooner you go and get some skills and, and help in making those boundaries, I think the healthier re your relationship will remain. And it also makes me think if you are in that place of either in living together together or living together apart, um, there's probably something to be said for having the communication around setting some expectations and guidelines around what it's going to look like rather than just doing it. Mm -hmm. And in your mind, you have an idea of what it's going to look like and you assume that's what your partner thinks. And that could be done with a therapist as well, right? Yes, exactly. You nailed it. Because maybe you have already flirting with the idea and thinking about it and, you know, or trying to set some boundaries, but then it doesn't work. But also your partner may not have done the journey that you have done in, in figuring out how that looked like. And when you say to your partner, you know, I would like us to do different things on Tuesdays, or I would like to stay in my room, you know, once per week and do my own stuff. I guess, or it's, it might be really normal and, you know, natural if your partner would hear, Oh, you don't love me anymore. Oh, I get it. <laughs> It's, it's, you don't want to be with me all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then how to explain that I do love you, but then taking my space is okay to somebody who's already feeling threatened. If mm -hmm. the partner is feeling threatened, they're not listening. They're, they're not listening to any explanation. So it would be nice if there would be a neutral person there to explain and to facilitate that discussion so that they can find again the connection and the understanding that they want from each other. That's so critical to thriving together or apart is, is that component of this. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard. These are all difficult conversations to have, but relationships um, that we want are, are never, you know, everyone always thinks if you're in the, the relationship, it's just going to be easy. It's yeah. just going to be, it just all came together like sparkles and wishes and it takes no work. And you know, something I know in my profession, and certainly, you know, especially being a, a, an expert in relationships, 
uh, it, it takes work every day. Of course, of course. It's difficult to be uh, single. It's difficult to be in a relationship. You just choose which difficult you want. <laughs> right. You just there choose. are pros to both. Yeah. <laughs> what makes your life better? It depends. It's it's a decision. But whatever choice you cho- side you choose, there's work to be done. Yeah. Well, and and I know you have um, one thing I want to make sure my listeners know. You have a number. I mentioned the academy. Um, you have a number of courses for people in all different stages of relationships, it, mental health issues. Tell us a little bit about the programs and the anti-loneliness website. Great. So since you started with the academy, let me say a few things about the academy there. Um, from the work that I've done all these years with my clients, I could see what were the main struggles that they would have. So I started building up these online courses for those that they would like an extra help, for those that they would like to, to learn more about relationships. So there's a course specifically about the toxic relationships or toxic patterns in relationships, because maybe your relationship is fine and fantastic, but there are some toxic behaviors that we can learn and change them. So there's a course about that. There's a course about people who would like to empower and and go to the next step in the relationship. There's another course about attachment styles and how we can have a more secure attachment with our partner. So that's on the relationship territory. On the mental health territory, I have, um, you know, I like talking about perfectionism and we had an episode about Yes. <laughs> that one resonated with me. Yeah. You know that. So, <laughs> of yeah. course. Of course, with me as well. Uh, so, every uh, course about perfectionism, procrastination, fear of failure, how to silence our inner critic, especially when we're having a lot of negative thoughts. Because with my clients, I also like to work on two axes. One is lowering the negative thoughts and the negative, uh, let's say, elements and behaviors of our mental health, but also boosting the positive. I also have a course on how to practice more self-love and self-compassion. Yay. So important. I, I'm just such a fan of self-love and self-compassion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I made a 30-day um, challenge. So every day one has to do different things that practice so that they can practice self-love and self-compassion. I love that course very much. So the academy is there. Somebody can buy the courses individually or they can buy the academy all together with a subscription per month and they can participate in live calls, two live calls that I do per month, and we take it even deeper and we tailor make it. It's such a wonderful opportunity. And I know that you are offering podcast listeners uh, a discount on the programs, a 30% discount on the relationship courses to by using the code podcast, everybody. So if you want to go try out one of the courses or the whole academy, because trust me, we can all use the help. You can get 30% off using the code podcast. And, and then tell us also about anti-loneliness, because first off, wonderful name, but that's not all you tackle is loneliness. No. Um, there's a lot there. Yes. Many reasons why I chose that name. The name came first and first and foremost because I was thinking, what is it something that we all struggle, but we don't say, we don't talk about it, and we struggle either we have anxiety or depression, or we are having problems with our partner, or we are in a new job, or we are in a new country. So then the common denominator was loneliness. Oh, we all feel lonely. Lonely. Wait a minute. 
So I chose the anti-loneliness name and I wanted to talk more about loneliness, but also the fact that when somebody reached out to me and they would start having therapy, they would immediately feel that they are less lonely because somebody listens, somebody gets me. I'm not all alone in there. So that was the the source idea for the name. And if somebody visits their website, antiloneliness.com, then they could they can find that there's a huge blog uh, where we share the blog articles related to mental health and, and, and uh, relationships. We also offer therapy online, but also in person in the Netherlands, in Greece, and in Brazil. And also we have, what else we have? What else we have? Oh, yeah. And we're also offering support groups and therapy group. Yeah, there's so much support there. And I do want to mention the blog and your Instagram feed and the YouTube channel. So make sure you go and subscribe to those. I follow Vasya on Instagram. In fact, it's how we found each other. It just wonderful content constantly, day after day. You're always putting up really good bite-sized golden nuggets, everybody. You know how much I love the golden nuggets. Um, it's a really wonderful feed with really actionable, quick tips for you. So it's at Anti-Loneliness on Instagram. It's Anti-Loneliness Project on Facebook. Um, what's the YouTube channel? I'm at, yeah, yeah, it's at Anti-Loneliness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go and subscribe for all those. As always, I'll put everything in the show notes for you all the links, the code for the discount on the programs. And, you know, I, I, I so appreciate your, your coming and talking and opening our eyes to the idea of living together apart in all its many permutations and giving people the permission to do it, but, but also some tools to do it well. Um, I, I really appreciate that. I think it's going to open a lot of eyes and help a lot of people. So thank you, as always, again. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.